Hello everyone. In today's episode, I'm joined with Michaela, and um, Michaela is uh, is from Ca- Canada. And in today's episode, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting one because um, Michaela has autism and Crohn's, like me, um, and it's gonna be a really nice conversation because it's quite rare. Uh, what I found, and Michaela's also found, that um, to meet someone who's got uh, Crohn's and autism. So uh, thank you, Michaela, for uh, coming on today. Yeah, hi. Uh, it's it's good to be here. I'm a little bit awkward once there's recording, but so as as you said, I'm Michaela. Um, I'm from the west coast of Canada, um, pretty close to the U.S. border. Um, ooh, about me, that's what we're doing about me yeah see I told you I get nervous yeah yeah (laughs) um yeah so I I have Crohn's and autism um outside of that in terms of me I like traveling I've been to a few countries around the world um I like plants (laughs) I like uh uh learning more about things like since uh since being diagnosed with Crohn's I've been kind of obsessed with learning more about uh, the digestive system and how all of that stuff works. Um, you know, when I was a kid, it was drawing maps. That was the obsession, but hmm. go through all these different phases, you know, the, the, oh, what would you call it when autistic people have special, in- special interests? That's what you yeah. call it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I, I, I kind of go through different ones because I, I, I have a, uh, technically have ADHD as well and like with ADHD you get like all the different like you can't stick to one interest so it's like a contradiction of itself like I go through all these different interests but like very narrow on each of them fun times but yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, like um yeah like you you like um to to like go to different places like do you have um anywhere like this year that you are going to go or you're thinking about going to to visit um yeah actually um I actually started the year down in Los Angeles visiting a friend um because I'm from just for context like I'm from the Vancouver area so like Mm. you think like as far west coast but as far south basically as you can go towards the U.S. so like I'm like Pacific time and all that but like so I, I took a plane down there to Los Angeles. I was going to freaking take the bus back, but they, they or the train and they, but they canceled it like last second without telling me. So that was just fun. But oh. uh, so I had to fly, but no, I'm, I'm going to be hopefully doing a bit this year if all goes well. Um, there's, uh, I don't know if you would have heard of it, but there's this organization called Girls With Guts. So it's more targeted towards woman but uh they do retreats every year but pre-covid but they're gonna be doing one again this year if nothing goes to shit again (laughs) yeah um and it's gonna be out in pennsylvania so on the east coast of the states um but i'm gonna be flying in to new york and then going to the retreat and then hanging out in new york for about a week after that um you know because it costs a bit to fly out there so may as well make the most of it right explore like new place and then uh i'm hoping to get into this other program where i'd be traveling out to quebec but i haven't uh got confirmation on that so i'm not going to go too into that one but i'm hoping Mm -hmm. that that's the thing 
but uh, I, I have a massive travel bug and COVID has not been nice to me that way. Hmm. It's uh, sucked not being able to, you know, go places. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I know what you mean. It's been very annoying, hasn't it? Like um, not being able to do much for the past few years. Um, yeah. And, and still stuff going on in the world at the moment, which isn't, it's not very nice. Um, but like, like for me, that this year I had a plan. I had a plan at the end of last year to do the arrange things to do this year, like uh, like in the UK. I'm I'm going to a place called Cardiff near in Wales. Mm-hmm. It's in Wales. Um, where I'm gonna visit a few places of a TV show I like. Um, I'm gonna go Cornwall uh, summertime. Um, which is also um, it's. It's probably a few hours probably t- between that and um, Cardiff in Wales. Um, I want I, I'm, I'm wanting to do a skydive this year, and I'm gonna nice. um, uh, for my birthday because I'm, I'm gonna be 21 in September, um, and I want to do it. Okay, I have to pick two days to do it, so it's gonna be on the 11th of September, and the 12th is my birthday. So I hope it's on the 12th. If not, the 11th. Oh well, if it's eleven, I could uh, I could say I've done it on my birthday, <laughs> um, or the day before my birthday. But it's something to look forward to. I just need to decide um, um, what organisation I want to raise money for because I have to pick one to raise about um, three hundred pound, um, three hundred pound for a charity. I, I'm not sure about doing it for Crimson Colitis UK um, this year because I've done quite a lot for them with a. Uh, um, like um, fundraising so I might do it for autism this year because I haven't really done much uh, fundraising yeah. on the autism side of things yeah so yeah. I got I got that planned and I'm excited now but when I'm there I'm not gonna be I'm gonna I'll be anxious I will just uh looking outside I'll, I'll say um someone else is coming up a few people coming out of there with me. I say, uh, "You go first. I'll watch. I'll go second. <laughs> and then now uh, I'll, I'll leave the third person up there, um, saying, uh, "You go last. <laughs> I don't want to go last. I'll go second, but I don't want to go first. I want to go second because I'm least in the middle. I've watched someone go, and then someone can watch me go, and they can go. Um, but yeah. it's it's gonna be really fun. Like I've done an indoor skydive, but it's not gonna be. I've done like I put the yeah. VR set on." Uh, a few years ago I went for um an experience um at um I forgot where it was now um but I, I, I went for experience indoors it was fun uh like you can it, it, you can't move like if you're if you move it, it, it you can't do that um yeah um of course you you can't help that when you're actually in the air but when you're in this little dome thing uh you have to keep still with the guy if you move it, it it moves him and then um I, I was lucky enough um if I'm not moving I can go to the top he does a little spin with me uh, around it and uh, that's really fun so um and then I put the VR like you're out of a plane which is really cool um but nothing compared to probably a natural skydive which is longer yeah um, but uh, yeah I, I'm quite looking forward to that yeah, the the indoor skydiving would probably be fun, but my guts would probably fall out of my butt if I did a real skydive. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's Me it, and uh... heights is a uh, no. <laughs> yeah, fingers uh, crossed. Fingers crossed. Crimes is actually okay. Probably did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I on my my flight down to LA, 
when we got on like the sunset was so pretty and everybody was like looking out and they were like oh my gosh it's so beautiful like it kind of looked like the best way I could describe it was like the the clouds were like you you could only see clouds right but it looked like it was the ocean but it looked like it was an ocean frozen in time but it was actually the clouds it was so pretty and then the sun's like all red and everything and I don't know like half an hour later we start getting all this wild turbulence because like coming into LA like just before Christmas it was like super rainy and everything which it's never rainy in LA but it was when I went and it felt like it took like an hour for us to actually land because it before before we were like even close to landing yet um the whole plane it goes into this turbulence and then it just like drops and everybody was like screaming because we all thought we were gonna die <laughs> and now that's my uh my feeling towards uh flying now is a little bit more like I used to be very very comfortable flying like I've been on some long flights before but that was like oh I'm gonna take the train home and then you know the train got canceled so uh yeah heights Mm -mm. (laughs) I look down off of like a big tall ledge and it's like my whole stomach's just like nope yeah yeah I think a good way to prepare yourself for something like that like if you're a roller coaster person um like um it's I suppose everyone's different like some people like for roller coasters um but not like going out of a plane um but for me um like I've got told by people um I asked a person that went on a natural skydive um last year um and they have autism as well um and they're based in america um and they uh i had a conversation like called him the other week um and he said um he explained to me a little bit about what it's like for him it was like a a, a air roller coaster <laughs> um which I love roller coasters, but when I'm on it, I, I hold on tight. And uh, on, the, on skydive, you can't do that. Um, you have to let go. And, uh, I suppose that's a, that's a different thing. And I am, uh, mm-hmm. I am, like, I am intrigued what it's going to be like, what it's going to feel like. Um, once the parachute's out, I'll be more relaxed then, um, because at least yeah, I know, yeah. at least I know I'm going to be uh, getting back like nice and safely. But the first, yeah. the, the worst bit will probably be getting pushed because they push you out oh, and, um, <laughs> so so they'll push you out of the, out of the plane and then you go like you're flying I think that's what they made it like like you're flying at the, like like there's a guy onto you but um it's more like you're just you're flying like a bird <laughs> I saw a video like a week ago of this bungee jump it was a bungee jumping video and like basically the two workers like picked up the guy and like threw him off of the side and I was just like can you imagine a job where you're just paid to throw people off of the side of a building that would oh. be quite the job get out your anger <laughs> yeah yeah what would job that be oh man but people paying to like feel like they're about to die <laughs> yeah yeah oh. I suppose you're excited if you survive but <laughs> um, <laughs> um like like, uh, as lots has gone on in the world, I feel like what you've got to lose if something does happen, like, pretty, right. like, most percent out of it won't. But um, you, you, can, you just never know, do you? Like, pandemics just disrupted so many people's lives. And, well, um, that, that combined with, you know, the disease we have, it's yeah. unpredictable. We don't know 
if like I'm like starting to go into a flare right now I've been out of a flare since my surgery last April and it's been decently nice it wasn't perfect but you know you can't really predict what's going to happen with it so it's like hey may as well just enjoy life well well we can and then if we get sick well that's shitty but at least we were enjoying life in between right um that's it I don't know like because I was diagnosed with the Crohn's like basically a year ago like during during the pandemic right and yeah just having that on top of the pandemic it's like yeah yeah life is short you don't know what's gonna happen I mean like we're so lucky to be born in the time that we were you know we got to grow up in a very very peaceful time and health care is better than it's ever been I mean like a hundred years ago they would have just like cut out our entire intestines and not done it properly and we'd probably be dead two days later you know you know like I I watched a video it was terrifying but um who was it that did that video like I think it was like Hank Green or something did a video about like it might not have been I don't know don't quote me on that but uh it just kind of was like hey like that's my whole uh, thing with like the the traveling thing it's like I don't want like to work a nine to five job and just like everybody's like oh we've got to like work to like be happy and it's like no money doesn't make you happy I'm sorry like I I would rather be young and broke and do things that I like doing than be rich and grow old and then have kids and then die having gone broke because I spent all my money on whatever like a house and a mortgage and taxes obviously you have to pay taxes but like it's also like I don't know there's just society is like oh everything's got to be this one way but it's like there's so many other ways to like enjoy life I guess you don't have to like do the same thing that everybody else does you know that's it that's it like like as you say like you never know what what could happen um like 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 with um with me I was diagnosed with Crohn's in October 2017 um as you said, you, you might have heard me say that as you listen to a fair few of the podcasts. But um, um, I, um, yeah, I, I was diagnosed in 2017, and uh, I can't imagine like like, like you like, like people getting diagnosed in pandemic times, and that hasn't really improved um, like the world at the minute, and it's hard like like the healthcare and and stuff to to get appointments, to get seen, to get heard, and when a whole different things going on um, yeah yeah well like for me um I was die because I I definitely had it before the diagnosis like for quite a while because I got in 2019 I got like an E. coli infection and I'm pretty sure that's kind of what triggered it because I you know I, I I think I had it before this trip but I went to India in the summer of 2020 and I ended up in the hospital there and they diagnosed me with like enteritis, which is like inflammation of the intestines, um, but it can be acute. It's not necessarily Crohn's disease. And I didn't even realize that they had diagnosed that until like years later when I read the paper. But like, I think it was the end, the end of that year, like I kind of just ignored it, like the symptoms I was having. And then I was like, mm, no, I can't deal with this anymore. So I went to my doctor 
he's like, oh, it's A. coli, gives me antibiotics. This is, this is a pro tip to everybody. If you are having symptoms, get them checked out. Don't leave them for six months because that, that is just not a good idea. But uh, so I got that treated um, kind of at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And so the infection was gone. All good. And I felt okay for a while, but then I started to feel kind of more and more sick as the year went by. Like I, you know, like beginning of the year, everybody's feeling like shit, right? Because the pandemic's just hitting. Everything shitty that can happen to most of us probably happened. Like I think anybody can say that, but uh, it kind of put a lot of things on the not noticing, like, you know, if you're, if you're super anxious constantly because there's a pandemic happening, you're not going to necessarily feel your body being an asshole. But uh, by like August of 2020, I was like, I had a friend staying with me and she's like, yeah, you were like gone. I, I could not get out of bed. I, I was sleeping like 12 hours a day. It was, no, I was like in constant pain. It wasn't fun. But uh, at the end of that month, my doctor gave me prednisone, which I had no clue what that was. And, um, you know, I try it and I'm like, whoa, this is magical. This is the first time I've ever taken a medication and had it work. Because you know how like you take Tylenol, it's like, oh, it doesn't help. Gravel, it doesn't help. This is the first time I took a medication and I'm like, oh my God, that did exactly what I wanted it to do. And... For me, like, I, I have had, like, concerns about Crohn's since probably 2017, because my mom also has Crohn's. So it's always been on the back of my mind, but I never had the right symptoms. And I say that with air quotes. Um, so when I took this prednisone, my doctor's like, oh, that probably means you have Crohn's. I'm going to send you to see a GI. And I just brushed him off in my head. I'm like, eh, I'll see the GI, but I don't have Crohn's. I feel fine now. That's what the prednisone is supposed to do. And a bunch of months later, because I think my appointment was like eight months out and, you know, COVID, it's delaying everything, right? And I made it six months and then I ended up in the hospital just puking my guts out with a partial blockage. And they, I, I was in the ER for like five days before they actually got me a spot in the hospital. And then it took like three more days with like delays. Like they were like, oh, we're gonna do it today. Like the colonoscopy to diagnose me. And then they'd be like, oh no, we can't. We'll do it later today. And then, oh no, we can't. We'll do it tomorrow. And it was just constantly that until like, I, ha I had a mental breakdown with one of the nurses. She was just like, she, <laughs> I just like, she came in, told me that the colonoscopy wasn't gonna happen that day. It's gonna have to happen tomorrow, hopefully. I just start sobbing because I'm like I cannot take this anymore I'm starving like I'm tired I don't want to be in the hospital like I just want to find out what's going on and she's just like I'm gonna do whatever I can to like get you in and I got in pretty quick after the mental breakdown that's, that's how you get things sometimes have a mental breakdown but uh after that they sent me home with prednisone and here's where it gets crazy I between February, early February when I was diagnosed and April. So that's like two months. I went into the hospital a grand total of 14 times. And most of the time I was just sent home. That, that's between three different hospitals. 
So the first hospital diagnosed me, but they would send me home over and over again every time I went back. Um, the second hospital did absolutely nothing for me. And the last time they sent me home, I had been like puking and everything and I couldn't stop puking. And they sent me home like being like, oh, well, we've got it under control because they'd given me nausea meds. But six hours later, it started again. And my mom drove me like half an hour to another city to go to a different hospital. But this is a hospital where they had an active COVID outbreak. So that was terrifying. But that hospital did an actual scan and were like, yeah, you need surgery. And I'm like, no shit. Like I've been to the hospital 12 times so far asking for help. And people are just telling me, oh, it's just anxiety. You're just depressed. It's just your autism. Like some of the doctors were like, oh, it's because she's autistic. That's why she keeps coming back. And the more they were like that, see, I could go on. I could go so on. Oh man, <laughs> I'm totally ranting about this, but no, um, I'll go back to that in a second, but the, the whole autism aspect of this, but um, so I had, I had the, the surgery, which I got a new, cause my old GI didn't want me to have it. New GI was like, yeah, you need it. When they cut me open, they're like, yeah, you needed this. Like, cause I had a full blockage. They cut it out. Um, and stopped a lot of problem. Um, I went into remission pretty quickly after that, but I, I ended up while I was in this COVID ridden hospital catching COVID like right around time, time of my surgery. So, um, and it took them like 13 days to catch that I had it. And I had like probably a hundred different medical professionals coming into my room. So it's like just the, the lack of like proper protocol in like these hospitals was like some of them was some of them were better than others but some of them were just like are you kidding me we're in a pandemic and you're gonna like be this cruel to patients and like send them home and all this but you're not actually gonna have proper protocols for your staff like because my mom's a nurse too and she like she stayed with me the whole time I was in the hospital this time around because I was after some of the stuff that had happened at the other hospitals I refused to go by myself and she stayed with me the whole time I was there. And she was just like, every time a nurse would come in, she was at, like, when I actually had COVID, she would be like, they're not doing this right. Like they're not doing proper protocol for like contagious diseases. And it's just scary to think about. Cause it's like, it took 13 days for them to notice. I'm sure there's ones that they did not discover, you know? And just like that, that whole thing. But uh, is me going on and on like this okay? <laughs> yeah, you, you, <laughs> you, you go. On. You go. Awesome. So going back to <laughs> that, that bunch of months, like with the whole autism thing, like, oh, that was rough. Because the thing with like hospitals, I don't know what your experience is, but they do not know how to deal with people that are autistic. And it's so upsetting. I ended up in psychiatry probably three times when I was in for Crohn's related things. And it made me genuine, like for probably months and even still to this day, honestly, like probably more than I realize, it makes me quit. Like I have, you know, a big scar on my gut. And even when I was like looking at it after my surgery, I was like, is this real? 
am I just crazy? Like, cause that, that's how they treated me when I was in the hospital. They're like a bunch of those times they would be like, oh, you're just, um, psychotic or something. And it's like, what? I literally was just diagnosed and you guys are going to have the audacity to say all this stuff. And it's like, the, the, the worse, like the, the more times I went in and the more they were treating me like that, the more like it became, I don't know a word for it. If it was like, if it became sort of a, almost a sensory overload, because like, I stopped being able to communicate properly. Basically that's why, cause like every time I would talk, nobody would listen and they would just kind of do all this ridiculous shit. Like, I, I don't know if I was just not communicating in a way that it worked, but I was in pain, like a significant amount. And they were just chalking that up to, oh, she's she's anxious and autistic and depressed and all of this stuff. And so that's why, like, I, I had my mom coming with me because it's like, I, I obviously can't communicate anything to these people and they're not going to listen to me. Maybe they'll listen to you in this puke bucket because <laughs> that that's that was kind of my final straw. Like when, when I went to that last hospital, it's like, I had a puke bucket and I'm like, you know what, mom, take me in in a wheelchair in this puke bucket full of like, not normal colored puke <laughs> and see them, see them like not take me seriously. And I mean, initially they didn't like the, the other patients that were there could tell that I needed help because there were people that let me go ahead of them in line. Cause it was just like that bad. But like one nurse came up to me and she's like, you need to like chill because like there's other people here with emergencies and you're not the only one. And I'm just like, I have been in and out of hospital for two months. Shut up. <laughs> and oh, yeah, yeah it, it's yeah. just uh, the whole thing is just frustrating, like with COVID and with the lack of autism, like understanding in the medical field. It's I could go on and on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, um my experience is because in my hospital say um i have a flare or i have an emergency that i need mm-hmm. to go i need to go into hospital um what they call what probably where you are is probably the er for me it will be the um a and e um where i am taken if i am here for an emergency for my uh crimes um and which shouldn't be the case um i've said i've said to many people and I always say this, um, I should not, um, no one who's got a chronic illness or Crohn's disease, arthritis, IBD, inflammatory bowel disease, should not be going into an emergency room um, where other people are there, where other people, so much. yeah, yeah wherever, where people go to uh, say you could be in an accident um, um, and you're injured, that's where people go for that. For us, Crohn's is not an accident um it'd be nice if it was um and that there was a way there was a way to get that better oh there is for treatment but I mean a way to get rid of it completely but that's what people go there for um but like I asked for a breakout room like a room because I like part of my autism I don't like being in a room for the people um like I I just don't like that and I don't like close contact either and it was very nice and social about the, the, when covid uh had a you keep your your meets apart from people i like that rule <laughs> um but but yeah uh, they did make one and then all of a sudden it disappeared and quite recently it's back like a breakout room which it, it, it's really nice because 
a person um, who unfortunately died at the hospital that I'm at um, from the funding. Um, like the family got this room for people um, that uh, just want to be kept out way or like, like in COVID, it's very good for that. Like you have a room yeah. for yourself uh, away from everyone. Um, I know yeah. recently, uh, late last year, um, I, I went in there for the first time and I thought, I thought it was great because that is winter. Uh, people get cold. Um, there's lots of similar things from a normal cold and COVID. Um, and it, it, it's just ideal for me. And I wish it was done sooner. And, and you're right. People yeah. don't really understand uh, about autism um, because it's not um, it's not like an illness as such. Um, Crohn's is or uh, arthritis is. Um, it's it's I, like, I agree that more needs to be done uh, around the world it looks like <laughs> um about that because um I, i've i've talked to people in different places like i have a person um we, we, we spoke about this exact subject not about the autism side of things about the, the side of things as a whole um with uh, chronic illnesses and, and and she's based in um belgium i believe um and is actually australian so um um we talked about that and it's very poor over there very poor uh in canada uh for most places so like that needs to improve almost like um mainstream schools need to improve with their um ways of adapting and understanding autistic people uh not all of them uh, but the the ones that who don't and it's two completely different things but in the same kind of concept just need that understanding of autism um and um i say crohn's as well because you will find there might be um people that you would rather talk to at your hospital uh, like you may find you want to go to this specific pe person like I know over here I have IBD nurse uh, who, who unfortunately left and it's gone downhill since she left she was on the ball um, not the others are good but they're not as on the ball as her um, the one who left so that like there's always what you should hopefully find one person you trust you keep going back to but uh, in your mind you know they're not going to be there forever and you know like with Crohn's, a lot of it changes and autism, a lot of it can change without, throughout life, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel pretty lucky at this stage, um, like where I live. Um, you know, like I obviously can't really compare it to other places, but uh, oh, like when it, all that chaos that I was talking about, that was like, you know, I've been diagnosed and I... <sighs> I didn't really have like a reliable GI. Like I had a GI, but uh, I would say I am not a fan of him, <laughs> especially after him telling me, oh, you can just take biologics instead of getting surgery, even though everybody was like, she needs surgery and like not doing anything to actually get me the biologics. Like my TB test got lost and it's like, how am I supposed to get on these drugs if you're not going to actually help me get on them? But uh this same the same day that like you know i i had this i ended up in this hospital the the surgeon came in and told me that i needed surgery basically that same day i talked to my old gi in the morning and then a few hours later i met my new gi and he was like yeah like i'll talk to your surgeon they talked and they need i needed it but uh he he works. Uh, he he basically founded uh, this this center called the IBD Center of BC, 
and basically it's it's based out of Vancouver and they have like a bunch of different gastroenterologists and IBD nurses, um, a psychiatrist and psychologist, dietitians. Um, I think there's like a whole pregnancy clinic attached to it too with a, a, an obstetrician or whatever they're called um, and surgeons and everything all like in that clinic. And it's basically their, their, his, his goal and the clinic or the, the center's goal is to, um, you know, make living with IBD in BC better and easier. I wish it was something that was like across the country and in other countries. Cause it's, it, I haven't had a lot of experience with the program yet, but it's, it's been very reassuring, like through my remission, knowing that, um, you know, I, I had, uh, I, he, I think it was like six months after my surgery, I had like a colonoscopy and everything to check up on things. And then he's like, you know, we'll have you do a fecal calprotectin in another six months. And I did that last week, you know, just to kind of check up on things. And it's saying that like my, my levels are going back up and, you know, I was catching it early and then, you know, I'm pretty, pretty certain that he's actually going to help me deal with that unlike my previous doctor. So um, obviously, you know, it's still a new patient doctor relationship at this point, but from, from the reputation, I'm like, I, I feel pretty lucky to have been able to get into that, that uh, center. Cause yeah, like there's, I've heard stories from like other people were like, they lived in like remote parts of Canada with IBD and they'll have to be like airlifted to a hospital that can actually help them. And they don't have a local GI and it's just like, that's terrifying. I, I'm, I'm glad that I don't have to deal with that. Like, you know, there's a lot, lot, not a lot of situations I wouldn't want to be in with this, you know, like there's that, you know, the one, that one girl on Instagram in the Crohn's community, that's, she lives in Malaysia. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what her name is, but, uh, like that, that is, I, I love what she's doing, but like, that would be terrifying to be like the only person, you know, in your country or like one of the only people, you know, like yeah, to yes. have this kind of a thing. Like I can't imagine being alone with it. That, that's one of the nice things about Canada is like, it's got the highest population of people with Crohn's and colitis, like in the world, which oh, sucks. Cause why, why are we making the Canadians yeah. suffer? I thought we were nice people, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um it's nice because you know there's there's a community i mean it's a spread apart community but it's it's still yeah you know yeah. nice to know that there's people there yeah there's lots of great people out there that have it and like i, I don't know what i'd do if i didn't know anyone else had it i think i, I wouldn't be talking about it now <laughs> oh yeah it definitely like gets you through like the early days of having it if you find that online community like finding like you know the ibd chronic illness um instagram communities were the best like the facebook ones are like kind of okay but they're kind of they kind of tend to be like people that are a bit older than we yeah. are and it's like some of them are not very nice so i i, I like to stick with you know younger yeah. people that aren't gonna be mean to me yeah yeah instagram <laughs> is the best one i think um yeah the best social media app that offers like really good uh like awareness um create a whole page around it and you have lots of people doing that and it's great and like yeah. uh just seeing like scrolling daily like different people in their lives uh, what they're doing 
good days, bad days, and yeah, uh, it, it's really nice. And like your people going live sometimes, talking about it, and um, like YouTube, Instagram, and reels they have now on Instagram. And I think I think it's all great and just helps and help, helps you but knowing that you're looking on that every day. And, uh, you're not alone because you've got all these people doing all these great things like you've got podcasts you've got uh, events you've got possibly meet other people that haven't yeah um, I think it's great because you know you're not alone but like, I didn't know until you told me that Canada was actually the highest out of the, out of yeah. the, out of the world um, I'm not sure if it's Crohn's ankylitis or just Crohn's but I know I know for sure Crohn's at least but, okay. uh, yeah 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 i There's do a theory that it's something in our sugar but i i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> yeah 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 it'd be like um nobody yeah. knows the cause of crohn's so how can they know the cause of like there being more crohn's in one country than than the next you know yeah that is a that is bizarre. And it's also just diagnosis too like mm. there's probably i i i could bet you that there's probably tons of people like in you know africa and asia and south america that have crohn's and colitis that don't know it because doctors there don't know about it you know and that's that's pretty sad honestly but yeah it's it i feel like you know it's a it's a combination of yeah there's probably more of us in general just because of like i just i feel like there is like you know like they don't know the cause of it but I feel like just like the diet that we have in countries like ours, like it's, we, we, you can't escape like the, the um, processed foods and stuff. Like even if you try really hard to eat like a very healthy diet, like there's still going to be stuff in your food. That's just not good. And like, I feel like that's definitely like a big factor, but at the same time, it's like, there's not enough known about it to actually be able to say, Hey, like, we're we're suffering more than everybody else like you know i i it's it's complicated and so, yeah. yeah yeah it's it's it isn't like uh yeah like you say there's probably the big people out there and i've probably got crohn's and aren't diagnosed with it and they, they think to themselves because in the country and they're not knowing um depending if they have contacts or on social media from other people that have it um yeah. like that they might even know they probably won't, won't know what it is and like um like getting all these pain and, and for an unknown reason and like you say doctors don't know like the, the countries out there who haven't probably haven't got a clue what Crohn's is and I didn't when I was diagnosed I, I didn't know what it was I had a yeah. kind, of, kind of lost me who I did to get diagnosed and lost quite a lot of weight too um that that year and pay, quite painful couldn't eat um annoying it was couldn't eat anything <laughs> isn't it uh, yeah 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 kind of slowly going back into that not being able to eat very much right now not not fun times no. i'm not i'm not a huge eater because like okay. we can tie we can tie so many things like autism and crohn's are just such an annoying combination because with with me being autistic i have a lot of sensory issues and i don't eat very much because of that because food just is not my jam um and then you tie that on to having Crohn's and being like oh is this gonna make me sick or is this like it's the combination of like oh this this is gonna bother me sensory wise but this is gonna bother me Crohn's wise and it's like what do I eat <laughs> yeah, I'm quite sensory uh, too yeah. yeah 
Yeah. Do you, do you find that you have trouble with food like related to autism or just just Crohn's? Um, I kind of think that in a way, like I speak to different people and and they say like chronic um illness or, or like like you like you get people sometimes with autism that have like chronic pain and and stuff and I suppose they are in a way related to each other in a way yeah. um because you get people that are have chronic and might not have Crohn's but um out there and I don't think my that um my food is relating to my autism there like um I'm okay with that kind of thing um but yeah, but and still what is really relevant to eating is if I'm eating and um like, like if I'm eating some food and someone else is making noise I don't like noise I don't like loud noise so mm. so, so say so say um I'm eating like a nice meal uh not making any noise at all um well I, I might make a like little like like a really tiny noise um um but then another person in the room is uh walloping their knife and fork down <laughs> like they're gonna break the plate um um but it's like the the metal on the glass plates yeah yeah. yeah yeah it yeah, does yeah. yeah it does bother me and I, I, I say uh can you stop stop doing that. yeah it, like, it drives me absolutely or like even like when like my dad is cooking and like he has the metal pot with like the metal fork or something and he's like scraping and i'm like any noise hurts. any noise like that it's like a chalkboard yeah. isn't it like, like that one of the exactly. old black chalkboards here that's great um and it is irritating and I, and then i say um um and it and then um so some people might joke about it saying uh um i suppose who if they joke about saying oh, um um what noise and then like that but it is um it is isn't a friendly sound like it's funny yeah. but it's funny because I won't like that but I'll go to my local football team and I'd like to cheer them on <laughs> but <laughs> but um it it's kind of different because that's food and like it's like anything and I don't like people that eat with their like uh like make a lot of noise when they're eating like mouth with no fork yeah, as well same. like they're eating really loud and you can they don't shut their mouth when they're eating you can see all their food and all the inside and, no. and stuff like that yeah i even like just eating around other people is like eh, I, I don't like it and the pandemic has not helped with that because like i don't know for me like i've never really been huge in talking about being autistic because i don't know it just there's so much stigma attached to it and like I just like to avoid, you know, being judged and all of that kind of stuff. And I don't know, like the pandemic has, I don't want to say it's maybe more autistic, but it's made me notice more that I am. Like I, because I guess most of my life I was masking so much that I didn't even know I was masking because it was just so normal for me because that, that if, if you're growing up the weird kid, you're going to try to pretend like you're not the weird kid. And then you know, I, I grew up just watching, like, as a teenager, I'd watch, like, YouTube videos and all this shit, like, trying to figure out how, like, humans communicate with each other, <laughs> and then the pandemic comes along and kind of interrupts that, because it, it's like any other skill, you know, like, you learn to play the guitar, if you stop playing the guitar for, like, two years, you're gonna probably be pretty rusty, and that's me and uh, fellow humans is, uh, I've forgotten kind of how to interact with them. And I'm like, oh, wait, I, I definitely am autistic. <laughs>
because you know like I had this diagnosis you know when I was 12 I was diagnosed with the Asperger's and I, I at first I was like yeah okay I don't really know what this is but okay and then yeah. as I got older it's like I don't really want to identify with this and then yeah. now it's like eh, you know what I mean I feel like everybody excuses like me being awkward now on COVID brain they're just like oh yeah I have COVID brain too and I'm like well this isn't COVID brain but yeah we'll go with that (laughs) so I can kind of feel more like myself almost I guess yeah yeah Yeah. I was diagnosed when I was nine um yeah yeah uh, uh, so I wasn't I was quite confused at the time and then I thought it was all bad and I wasn't confident about anything if I needed help I wouldn't ask and it mm. was it was it was hard and I I would I would pretend that I'm doing work like pretend I know what I'm doing uh, <laughs> when I don't um and it's just because I don't want anyone to think that I'm dumb about a certain thing like if it's a classroom like they're all doing yeah. well I would just go along with it because I, I wouldn't want to be like like you say judged or, or that's what I was saying at that time but as the years got on I got more confident about doing things I went into mainstream to start with and then went over to a special school which gave my confidence there we're going to the special school over the years and then like now I've got more confident and now I seem to think I don't I don't really care what other people think of of me of like my autism or Crohn's like because mm-hmm. you can get judged for either um can't you um and i'm proud of them <laughs> yeah yeah i'm proud of them and i don't care what you think <laughs> if you don't like it um um go away <laughs> i sometimes like to think of like uh this this might sound mean towards autism but i sometimes like to think of like my crohn's as like my my digestive system is being autistic it just doesn't know how to do its job and that's that's like me <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh no, my my autism's contagious to my own body. <laughs> I'm completely joking. I'm not serious with that, yeah. but uh, yeah. yeah, I think about that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, because I suppose it, it's t- it's a tough period of time when you get diagnosed with autism, and then it's a tough period of time when you get diagnosed uh, with Crohn's, and and when you think like you're kind of settling and being an autistic person, um, when you still are, but and then then years down the line um you get diagnosed with a condition that is an illness um and it's it's um it is i wouldn't say in a way it can be worse well it can be worse than it ever depends on what way you think of it but i, I always think that autism um like like there will be people out there who think autism is a disease because lots of people get it or with autism and you get diagnosed you think I've got this and well that's like you don't um depending what kind of autism you have um it's the way you look at it um I suppose and like at the time when you're denied of autism you think what's this why <laughs> why me it's a similar situation when you're diagnosed with Crohn's what's this why me and then, and then you bring the two together and then you're uh choosing if you want to talk about them like you can maybe choose about if you want to talk about Crohn's or autism. Some scenarios, both. Um, maybe if you're at workplace and for them to get a better understanding about you, say I'm autistic in Crohn's and hopefully they understand and know what it is. But even if they did, you probably would explain what it is to them anyway. Um, but but yeah, it, it, I think the tough, it's always a tough part getting diagnosed, but 
once you've had something for a couple of years, it's better, it's more easier, um, more confident. And I actually think the uh, Crohn's or the pandemic has helped with that confidence, I think, for me, um, oh, yeah. ha- having more time. Um, like, I didn't speak about mine straight away. I was in year 11 at school um, when I'd done other Crohn's and uh, I was in exams and stuff. And I had to explain a little bit what's going on, even though I didn't know it myself. And then um, I didn't really create any pages then. It was more 2020, a few years down the line. Uh, I, 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 pandemic uh, starts. Look what a podcast is. Create that. I was speaking to myself for a couple of episodes and then then carry on. Read a little bit more about a podcast. What's an, what is a podcast? What do you do on a podcast? Uh, and I think, uh, oh, you've got people. You speak to different people. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, let, let's uh, speak to different people, hear about them, and meet new people. And yeah, it's ever since then. And I didn't think it was good. At, like, as most of us, we didn't think COVID was going to last this long. And I suppose I didn't think a, a, a podcast would have probably last this long as well. But I kind of think I want to keep it going just to speak to different people. And it's more of a, it's like a hobby yeah. of mine. It's like, it's like hobbies. Like you might like Harry Potter or or something. It's like it's like a hobby of yours. And that goes on with the autism, doesn't it? Uh, like hobbies is like, like traveling. You said you like, you like to travel. Yeah. That's a hobby of yours. You might talk about it a lot to, to different people. Um, you might not um, but but yeah it's, it all relates into one big thing uh, crimes and autism yeah and you know like I find it so weird that like you're the first person I've met with both mm-hmm. because like I've read that like it's fairly common for like people to have both but like where are they <laughs> I guess they don't want to talk about it like it's I find I don't know I feel like it's a lot like some, I don't know, like I, there's some people that are very confident talking about autism, but I feel like, I feel like there's probably a lot of autistic people with Crohn's out there that like, will, will be open about maybe their Crohn's, but not their autism or vice versa. I, I don't know, like, cause I feel like it depends on how, how you view yourself and how you feel like other people view you. Cause both of them, you know, they're so stigmatized and some people might be like, oh, I'm too embarrassed to talk about Crohn's because poop and nobody wants to hear that. But other people are like, I don't want to talk about autism because I don't want people to know that I'm different, but they'll be okay talking about the other maybe. Like, I, I don't I don't really know. Or just they don't want to talk about either. I don't know. Or they're younger. I, I have no clue. Like, I, I, I read an article too that like people, I think, I think, <sighs> I think it's more likely from what I was reading that the parents with IBD are more likely to have autistic children. So like that made a bit of sense. But again, like haven't really come across a lot of that. Actually, not autism specifically, but I actually knew somebody in high school who had ADHD who had a parent with Crohn's. So mm. I guess it's not not like totally out there, but it's yeah. it's just interesting. Yeah. You yeah. see the studies and you're like, where's the real world evidence? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, when I was at school, like, I was in a major, in a special school with people with autism. I get diagnosed with Crohn's. Um, I've got Crohn's. Um, and no one in there has autism, but some people have heard of it. You'll get that a lot nowadays. I've heard of, my friend has Crohn's. And, but later on, uh, a friend of mine, a sister has ulcerative colitis. And um, so, yeah, it's either one or the other, I find. 
Like you either have autism, you either have Crohn's, and it's pretty rare on the podcast or speak to someone that actually has both. Um, which yeah, yeah. Is, it's very interesting um, as well, um, just to speak to you and speak to someone that has both um, and how like how you, yeah. how you deal with both. It's definitely an interesting, interesting combination. <laughs> yeah, who could have who could have said it? With autism and. Uh, and crimes um not just one but at, at one point in our lives it was <laughs> like probably for a long point um like you getting diagnosed at 13 i think you said um with autism and I, I got diagnosed at nine with autism and i was 16 or so i think it was about 16 turning 17 when i was diagnosed with crimes how long did your diagnosis actually take like when you were diagnosed with autism like when when did they first actually start trying to get that done for you um i think my my mum my, my parents kind of noticed more about that than me um because mm. um I, I was pretty young i wasn't i went to yeah. went to london um got a great on street hospital it was and having all these tests done uh um i don't remember it all but i remember getting told i was there quite frequently for probably a period of time a long period of time and it, take, it did take a while uh, for autism diagnosis um, um, and it and it was um, when I eventually got told when I was autistic thinking why uh, what is it and I'm autistic what's that mean um, and why and I get told you just maybe find things a little bit harder more slower at, at, at certain things and which I am and like I might get shy um, like like, like, for example, if I'm meeting someone new, um, it's kind of different on a podcast because you kind of talk in front of you off. Um, but like, like, if you're meeting someone new, like in the public, for example, um, it would be quite shy and um, I wouldn't kind of fully go into the conversation um, unless it was a, yeah. a, a flowing conversation. So if I'm talking to someone that it's like just one word answers, it can be kind of hard to to start a conversation that way and like what you say next you can't have to think about it but if when yeah, yeah. you speak to someone that is having a flowing conversation or um I wouldn't mind starting one but I never used to start a conversation I always got wait to another person started the conversation and I'll just wait till they started it and I would yeah, still be same. shy I, I I would still be shy um talking about um what we, whatever we were talking about but uh that was my autism diagnosis it, it was like a period of time and then learning always learning about it um and for for the crohn's it took um i know with crohn's you get people that diagnose takes a long time um i know it's a long time for autism as well like i suppose i'm quite fortunate i didn't have to wait years for a diagnosis of autism and crohn's um but for crohn's it took not too long uh, I had to push to get appointments though. Well, my parents really did because um, I, I was unaware. It was a burny feeling in my stomach well, b- before all this. But straight to the year of 2017, I am um, that year. Um, yeah. So I say 16 is a, is a birthday that is a big birthday. Um, isn't it? Like, when you're 16, it's a big one. I remember doing go kart this year. But looking back on photos, I lost lots of weight that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and And then all of a sudden, uh, it was I'm okay for my birthday. My birthday was September time. I did go karting. My mum noticed. Um, I looked really pale. I looked really thin. At that time, I thought I was fine. I was okay. Um, go go karting. Uh, 
come uh, come third in the end. Um, and then and then what happened? Um, it was it wasn't long after that. Um, it got worse. Like after that, shortly after my birthday, um, I was struggling to eat things. Um, and then I had a burning feeling in my stomach, and it was carry on going. Mm-hmm. And then one night I couldn't sleep. I couldn't. I, I and 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 this back shots when I was talking about getting sent to the to the A and A or or the R. Um, because that's where I got sent, and I'm waiting there in pain, um, in my stomach, unaware what this is, and then I'm staying yeah. overnight. Um, I stay overnight, which is horrible. Um, what well, most people will know, uh, if you have Crohn's or it's horrible staying overnight in a hospital. Um, yep. when when you're in um a, a room, um, where you get moved a lot, and I always like to stay in one room, and like being autistic, you you don't want to move, like you just want to stay in the same yeah. room. Um, and actually not too long ago I had a meeting with someone about that and like like how it can be commentated in hospitals it needs to it needs to improve that does but at that time I was in there getting tests done and the pushing needed to be pushed because when we had an idea what was going on a test was going to be done with the 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 gastro um, the gastro people um, and they said uh, we're gonna have to wait next month come back next month and then my mum uh, and family were saying no you can't do that um you uh I'm in pain I can if I wait in pain any longer something's gonna happen I can't wait any longer yeah. um this pain was horrible I couldn't explain it I went to school in this pain um even though I knew I was gonna catch up I was in year 11 yeah. at the time it was an exams and that like stress is another symptom of Crohn's as well at the time I didn't know that so I, I was stressing about doing things when I would have already had Crohn's uh, even though I wasn't diagnosed okay. at the time I would have had Crohn's probably straight away when I um felt the burning fame in the first place possibly when I lost the weight um early the year so I probably had it much earlier I was diagnosed in yeah. October but getting to the diagnosis I, I I had lots of um like I ended up getting that appointment, had a, a colonoscopy, um, and he said at the end of that colonoscopy, because in the UK, I know um, it's quite curious, and um, around it, like different parts of the world, you actually go to sleep uh, for a, a colonoscopy, um, which over here we don't, and we had to have that. We take this. Yeah, same. We don't. Um, I, 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 you don't, um, because I, I know so, so some people I spoke to in America have gone to sleep, and I kind of questioned that. Um, I find that a bit odd because. Um, we don't go to sleep over here. We just stay I, awake. I was told that, um, like, because I asked them about that and they were like, for people your age, we don't like to, like, put you guys to sleep because, like, it's not good for your health. Like, it, yeah. it's, uh, and it's like, it's, I guess it's generally less painful when you're younger because, like, when you're older, everything's all messed around. But after surgery, I, <laughs> it, they move your stuff all your intestines around so it like makes it more painful but it's it's still not the worst in the world but i'm kind of a yeah. little bit envious of the americans i guess <laughs> yeah 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 because like i speak to them and they're, they're 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 asleep and 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 they don't know that i'm awake and i don't know they're asleep yeah. and first time i spoke to someone who said that to me i was uh quite shocked about that and i didn't say anything actually like we just went through the conversation because i didn't want to like um say anything about that at first but then when I suppose saw more people saying the same thing I had to ask uh, um, different questions um, but go, go, going on for 
like the diagnosis i had that colonoscopy i had the the prep the horrid prep um i had it both ends like one after the other kind of um and mm-hmm. um i got told because i had a sedation i'm hearing that i've got crohn's i hear the word crohn's i go out say to mum, i've got crohn's and funny thing is consultant comes out and says you've got crohn's and i don't know any, i don't know what crohn's is i just had the word crohn's coming up <laughs> and I, I was thinking hang on did i hear this right did i hear this correct word because i've never heard of it it's mm-hmm. odd word that's but I spelt wrong at the first place, as we all probably did. Um, um, and then, and yeah, and then um, he said, what he said was, he said, I was you, lucky enough, I, I was um, diagnosed at the time I was, because I would have needed surgery. Um, and it's a good yeah. job. Um, everyone pushes and everyone needs to push because to get problems, even though there'll be professional people that work in that area, you still need to push on what you want. Um, uh, and and confidence being an autistic person can be hard that, that, yeah. that part of things. the story you tell about your uh diagnosis though like mine if I didn't have a mom with autism mine probably would have been the same because like I, they, they told me before I went in for my colonoscopy that I probably wouldn't remember anything they were wrong I remember the whole thing but you know like I'm I'm watching them poking around in my intestines on the screen which was super cool it's like seeing inside yourself you don't get to do that very often um but then I hear him say, oh, yeah, we're probably looking at Crohn's. And I just broke down crying because, like, all the nurses were like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You can get it treated. Most people don't need surgery, which was not true. That was a lie. But uh, I wasn't crying because, like, oh, it's Crohn's. I was crying because, like, I have family with it that have, like, not had a great time with it. And it's like, uh, it just bothers me that they like were like, oh, don't be upset about it. It's like you you don't know what a person's going through. But um, what was I just thinking of? Oh, I forget. I'm amazed it took that long for me to start forgetting things. Uh, me lately, yeah. I forget yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's been getting worse this year. Yeah. Oh. There were so many thoughts I had while you were talking and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to cut them off though. Oh, I was going to ask earlier because you were talking about like being stuck in like the ER for a long time while in pain. In the UK, do you guys in like your A&E as you call it, do you guys have um, all beds or are people like made to like be in recliners instead of beds? Um, I haven't actually seen like, like possibly is like recline, but it's more of a bed a bed that's uncomfortable like like you know like the when you get like an infusion like those chairs oh yeah the, yeah that um VR. yeah you you are um like if you're not in the bed um like it's easier to move depending on how bad the situation is um that they do have those yeah um like like i went for um i went for a sigmoid osobe um september last year and i um um that that was my for like the, the second one I had other than like the colonoscopy I was taken in like a chair um there and back um and it might have been a bed but yeah they they do do that yeah because when when the two times that I was the most sick in the hospitals um well the first time I spent five days in like one of those recliner chairs and the time that I ended up having surgery I spent probably I don't know, probably three to five days in a recliner, like begging them to give me a bed. But they're like, oh, we don't have any beds available. 
and it's like oh what torture like that that that's the thing that bothers me about people that are like oh covid doesn't like kill that many people it's like but covid does torture other people like because that hospital was so full of people with covid right and it was overflowing and they didn't have enough beds for everybody like the covid wing was over full but then you know you get somebody like me that's coming into the hospital that's super sick but they only have like in the one section of the er i was in they had like i don't know maybe like four beds there was one that was in like a small room for like isolating people and there were like two or three on the other side and they would bring you in from like the waiting room they'd put you in one of these beds and then the doctor would come and see you and then they'd move you to a recliner for the next several days and it's like you know they give you that false hope that like you finally got a bed after all this waiting and then no they take it away it's uh it was not not fun times i really hope i don't have to go back to the hospital man like yeah yeah avoiding it at all costs (laughs) yeah I actually went last week. Mm. Uh, I went last week to the hospital and for a blood test. Um, and I was catching up with the with the staff <laughs> because I know who I am. Um, as um, depending on how big or hot your hospital is, um, mine know me, <laughs> and uh, we had a nice catch up. At, at the time, there was a storm in the UK. Um, um, where I lived, like a storm with like the trees was like falling down and stuff. Um, so we had a nice catch up like that because a, a pub, like a tree fall, uh, fell in the road. So mm-hmm. block of things up. So we, we, we had a nice catch up. But yeah, I, I suppose it's nice going to the hospital when you haven't been there for a while. It, 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 it's nice catching up, but it's not nice going all the time. Yeah, no. Well, it's. it's... You know, like going into a hospital when it's planned and like, you know, you have like an appointment or something like that's like that. That doesn't really bother me. It's like when you go in and it's like you're waiting in the ER because you just it's, you know, it's not a classic emergency, but it's an emergency to your body and you can't get in to see see a doctor any sooner. That's that's what I don't like, like the the ER and all of that. You know. that's it does um because you, you said your mom's got Crohn's as well does yeah, um yeah. was she diagnosed around a similar age than you was or is it more recent um well for her you know different era but yeah, yeah. uh she she had it quite complicated and unfortunate so when like she was a teenager they thought she was anorexic and which ended up making her way sicker I she definitely would have had it like when she was 15 I don't know if she was diagnosed back then like at one point she told me she was diagnosed in like I think 1989 um but I don't know exactly and I know that she definitely would have had it a long time before that but I mean like you know previous generation you talk to anybody that that's that is like diagnosed like you know in in the previous century like they're gonna have like the same horror stories of being diagnosed and you know not not uh getting good treatment because treatment wasn't the same there wasn't the same awareness they didn't have stuff like biologics and you know they surgically removed the inflammation instead of getting it to go down which is terrifying because you know like get inflammation doesn't need to be cut out it can it can be treated with medicine but um yeah yeah 
so she was like I mean with both of us it's really hard to say when either of them started but I, I would say like for her it started when she was probably a teenager and for me I, I was at some point when I was a teenager like I think that looking back at like my childhood like because for me like you know how most people with Crohn's get the diarrhea right yeah, yeah. I never got that which is partly why I didn't get diagnosed sooner so I had chronic constipation going all the way back to like my early childhood and I'm like you know like that could have been completely unrelated but at the same time it's like you know like I I was a tired kid and it's like you know I could have been slow because I'm autistic but I also could have been not able to keep up because there was something deeper going on it is it's really hard for me to say like I didn't have anything that was like serious enough that it's going to get diagnosed until like you know 2019 to when I was actually diagnosed but uh it, it definitely could have been something that was underlying a lot a lot sooner but yeah it's really hard to say that's why you know research is good and there's there's a lot of a lot of research going on so hopefully they figure out ways to diagnose people earlier so things can get caught before they get bad right yeah yeah like um i have a uh, uh, like uh, um, uh, uh, a fistula um so yeah. I, I have that as well and like um i underwear what it was at first i went to the like, doctor she went look up there because she said she was uncomfortable and it wasn't her like her place to do that but it she she could have um she had uh, like a right to do it um but she i think she was more uncomfortable than me and that went on longer and it probably I think it got worse because it might have gone if she saw that and see some something was there and uh, something might have been resolved a little bit sooner than waiting to see my consultant a couple of weeks later um yeah. to to check so I wasn't very good by her but uh, but yeah I, I, I have that as well um like does anyone um in your family ha have autism like you uh, no, not a diagnosis, but there's a lot of other uh, various things, you know, mental health and mm. similar. Like, I know that I have relative. you know, I'm not going to say which relatives specifically because I don't want to, like, yeah, have them process it. Be like, they're talking about me. So I yeah. have relatives who have, like, different mental health issues, but I have ones that also, have, I think, have, like, ADHD and mm. other learning disabilities. And I... I don't know like I look at certain family members and I'm just like you know you're you're on the older end of things so like obviously your generation doesn't get diagnosed as often as my generation but I have a feeling that if you were in my generation you would have been diagnosed with something along the similar lines you know what I mean I just happened to be I don't know I don't know how to put it um like I wasn't really a behavioral problem at school, but I was a behavioral problem at home. So like my mom wanted to deal with that. And, but uh, then, I mean, I look at the behavior of other people and it's like, as an adult, like, you know what, you, you might be too. I, you know, I'm not obviously a doctor, so I can't diagnose people, but yeah, autism is such a spectrum, right? So, I mean, it's it's possible, but there's nobody diagnosed. Okay, yeah, yeah, like yeah, it is. Um, it's a hard thing to get diagnosed because it's not as um, 
well, Crohn's isn't invisible and autism isn't, but it's, yeah, it's just, it's hard, isn't it? There are probably people out there that have got both and haven't got diagnosed or done yeah, anything. I watched, have you watched that video on YouTube? Um, it's always popping up in my feed, like the history of autism. Um, no. It's got like the video, I'll, I'll have to like send it to you after, but it's got like a big like rainbow, like infinity thing on it and it just says history of autism i can't remember the youtuber that did it but i watched that i think a couple of days ago and like i forgot what i was going to talk about again <laughs> i forgot where i was going what was it what were we talking about right before i started talking about that because there was a point i was going to make um i remember, <laughs> I forgot. I remember <laughs> no i i like watched that video and it's uh talked about some stuff and I can't remember what that stuff was now because it, it just talked about the history of autism, but there was something specific that I was going to bring up, but I can't remember it now. Ugh. Yeah, if it comes back, just say <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, man, I, I'm amazed that hasn't been me the entire time we've been on this podcast because, like, that, that what you just saw there, that has been me, like, every single flipping day for the past since this year started. It's like... Yeah. What was I thinking a second ago? Oh, I'm going to think about something else now. It's kind of scary because it makes me think of that. Uh... Oh, did you read like 1984? The book? No. George Orwell? No, no, I haven't. Have you, have you heard of like Fahrenheit uh, something, something, something? I can't remember the number. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> yeah I think I know, I'll get, I know what you're getting. So... Um, so the the Fahrenheit whatever the numbers were the podcast listeners are going to be like listening to this and be like that that but uh I, yeah. I can't remember what the numbers were it was like four yeah. something something but in that book there's uh, a character I it was so long ago that I read this I don't remember the character's names or the story I just remember this one particular thing about the book there was this character that like basically like the the laws in the society were like something along the lines of like if your brain works certain way and you think you have to have like this thing in your ear that like beeps and distracts you from being able to think every like so many seconds like if you have like a prolonged thought you can't because it'll just distract you from that and mm. I'm like oh my gosh my brain is doing that to me is that what society's done to me like just naturally progressed to like that kind of dystopian like what was I just thinking? <laughs> it's it's a terrifying prospect, but uh, it's fun. It's very fun. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, like uh, a few more things I like to talk about. Um, is there um, like how have you how's like your mental health and like been through the pandemic, like the current pandemic? Mental health, chaotic. Well, like man, because I mean. I, I, I'm unconsciously like a lot more of a sensitive person than like a, I'm, I'm like a sensitive person to other people's stuff, but like the Crohn stuff is like made me realize that it's even more on a subconscious level than I realized. So when I see other people like suffering, it affects me physically. And I don't know, like very, very early on in COVID, like I, I ended up being ghosted by my ex 
for a very long time, which, you know, that's not, that's not a fun time to be having like right during the beginning of a pandemic when you're isolating. And, and then, so that, that kind of put me through like a lot of anger early on in the pandemic that, and like, you know, like, I don't know, a few weeks into the pandemic, I had been, you know, me and my mom were doing a lot to try and help other people during it. And we put together this package for this two-year-old girl that has leukemia and you know it's this kid that doesn't get to go to school and she's like having to like be super isolated because you know if she gets COVID who knows what's going to happen right she's a two-year-old with leukemia and I don't know just like the the chaos of like people not being very conscientious of like other people early on just like after seeing that kid and like thinking about what it must be like for her and her parents, like just to see other people's behaviors, just like it, it made me super angry, like early on in the pandemic. And, you know, that, that I feel like had like a major impact on, you know, that, that one summer where like I had the, the Crohn's happening, but I didn't know it. Um, and like, even just that, like being that sick, like I was just, I, I felt like at that point in time, like, you know, 2020, I felt like I was almost like two people. Like there was this part of me that was like me, you know, like this good caring person that cares about people and wants to do good in the world. And then there was this like evil alter ego that came out and like, she just wanted chaos and she hated everybody and she didn't give a flying shit because why why should she right because everybody's being assholes so why should she be nice and it was partly because you know my body's out of control right and it's like I don't know what's going on and it it was a weird experience but that that was my my early pandemic stuff and then you know the you know going through the being so sick going in and out of hospital um that definitely took its toll like I became super confident initially when I was diagnosed and then after it's like them just telling me that that was crazy and all this stuff it you know like I said it made me feel like I was crazy so after my surgery and everything I I went through several things like I went through a lot of like feeling like do you ever just like have like that feeling of like nothing's the disassociation like I had a lot of that like I'd look at my scar and be like no I didn't just have major surgery. I don't have Crohn's. Like none of this is real. Like I went through that and that and like, cause after my surgery, like I know this is talking more about the Crohn's than the COVID, but it, yeah. it all like is the yeah. same for me. Yeah. Um, after my surgery, like I hadn't seen what my body looked like for quite a few weeks. Like, cause I'd been in the hospital and I hadn't wanted to really get out of my bed and I couldn't get out of my bed after my surgery. And when I finally did, and like, they had started taking off some of the tubes and stuff, and I was able to move around more, you know, I went to change my gown for the first time in like, probably like two weeks, like I've been wearing, I've been wearing the same gown since after my surgery, I think, or yeah, since before my surgery. And I finally, you know, go into the washroom, take it off to get changed and wipe myself down. And I look at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, uh uh-uh. Like I, my body had changed so much. Like I couldn't see the scar, but like I could just see like my body, like 
you know, like I had lost 50% of my muscle mass before the surgery because I was so malnourished and all my skin was just hanging off as like, I'd never seen my body look like that before. And just this huge wave of like body dysmorphia came over me. And I was like, this isn't my body. I'm back to like the whole disassociation thing. It's like, I, I felt like I was like, it, it didn't feel like it was me. I don't know. Like I, I've always had like body image issues, but like after that surgery, it's like I had such a disconnect from my body. It, it was a scary time. And, you know, I, I did the opposite of what most people with Crohn's do after that. I gained a lot of weight. <laughs> um, and then that sucked adds to more body image issues. And um, cause you know, like at that point, it's like, you've just had surgery. You've been told that you're crazy so many times and you're living during a pandemic. And it's like, it just kind of piles on. And then this year, oh, isn't this year just great for our mental health, huh? Like adding yeah. adding a potential World War Three going on. Like that that came at not a good time for me. Cause I got uh, yeah. a week and a little bit ago, like I had my my stool test on, right? And then a few days later the I wake up because I wasn't paying that much attention to like what's going on out there because it's like it doesn't really affect me at this point like I'd, I'd heard that there was some conflict going on between Russia and Ukraine but yeah I wasn't really paying attention and then I wake up and I check my emails like I usually do in the morning and I see that some buddy in Russia had hacked one of my Instagram accounts and I was like wait no and I get out of bed, I go to my mom and I'm like, so um, Russia just hacked my Instagram account. And she's like, watching the news. And she's just like, I didn't think they'd start doing that that soon. Cause I guess they had said that Russia was gonna do like start hacking people, which I think they've been doing it for a while, but. And then she's like saying how like, you know they, they invaded a few hours ago. And that was, you know, how I woke up. And I think that day, like, you know the days before in that like a few days before that like this had started like I'd go to bed every day and like I'd have like pain in my gut and like as soon as I tried to relax I was in pain but like the day that that happened like with the whole invasion there you know like everybody's like freaking out like oh my gosh nuclear oh my gosh world war three this is like yeah you know, you, you, and, you know, I have friends that are, like, panicking, and it's, like, dude, we're literally, like, on the opposite side of the world right now. I think it's not quite something to be that terrified about yet, but I think everybody also is, yeah. you know, valid in being that terrified. Yeah. But, like, it just, it, it, it hit me really hard, because it's, like, um, it's, like, you know, we've gone through this pandemic for the past two years. And then you think about this idea of like having an actual world war and like, you know, if that were to happen, you know, maybe we never, we never go back to what it was before the pandemic. And I don't want to like be all morbid on your podcast, but you know, like I went to bed that night and my body was just like pain everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine because. Like tanking some fun, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. it's taken over, hasn't it? The situation. Oh, yeah it's taken it's like over like social you media you yeah. can't avoid it yeah yeah you can't avoid it like you don't hear anything about the pandemic now uh really yeah. uh like on the news it's, it's all about this and like i feel like watching it can make you feel worse but watching it is giving you information 
Like, like yeah, but what and else like can at you? the same time, like, I, I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, social media is a coping mechanism for me. But scrolling through social media has become an unfortunate coping mechanism for me. Therapy is expensive. But um, yeah, then you get like scrolling through it and you're like, oh, shit, this is all the stuff that's triggering me. But it's also my coping mechanism. So it's kind of like feeding on itself. Yeah. And it's just it's it's exhausting. But no, like my my Crohn's symptoms have just basically been getting worse since then and it's like yeah. ugh, this this sucks it's like I, I was I've been making all these plans for like my future and it's like I so, I'm like ugh, I'm not supposed to plan things but I want to plan things yeah but, yeah you know. yeah I, I know what you mean because before the whole pandemic I, I did a, a coaching a football coaching course to be a football coach and mm-hmm. they had to be put on hold to like a coach that who coached me when I was younger reached out to if I wanted to work then I couldn't because of the pandemic and now like you think like it gets a lot worse and like like as you say a possible like like there's a war going on like with like Russia and Ukraine and it's hard like like being a Crohn's patient having Crohn's we always we getting diagnosed getting diagnosed we all thought the worst uh most people would we all think the worst and you're gonna think of most people will probably have if uh, like now like you're gonna think the worst like Russia what Russia are doing over in Ukraine you see every day like how sad it is and like what's going on over there and like mm-hmm. um what the the president the the, 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 the the what Putin's doing in uh, over there in Russia and like you hear about like the the, the threat of n- nuclear and as, as we've recorded this episode, it's only hearing that a couple of days ago. It might have even been yesterday um, where we heard that they're on high alert um, as we record. And, and that's scary. That, that, that's scary because it only takes one, only one. Um, and, and, and Russia, um, they might have the most, but the most doesn't make any whatsoever difference because um, we have one, like most countries do, have one nowadays it's so much different to when it was world war ii world war ii you have like countries connecting now you have a european union um and like no one can go over there and help ukraine hence why people are sending weapons like you've got germany sending weapons the first time they've done that since world war ii um yeah you've got us i think so well we might solve things and the thing why countries are holding back because as much as as mad putin of russia is um like it's it's like you don't want to do something to him but but and then you think to yourself hang on a minute um what's going on here um is he only saying this uh, because he's getting nervous because as you think about it he's getting nervous because you've got america not happy with it you've got all these countries who are against it and it like you've got in sports now You've got Russia um, um, not allowed to play in sports, but kicked out of the World Cup, kicked out of sport and sport and things. And I do feel sorry for the people living there in, in Russia because uh, it's, it's different yeah, over I there. Mean, like, it's you different. See people in Russia now like protesting this whole yeah. thing, and it's like those people like in Russia, it's illegal to like publicly protest like that. And yeah, like, yeah. I saw the other day. Those on, people on are going to end up in jail or dead, and they're doing it anyways. So it's like. They don't want it any more than we do. It's just a rich asshole named Putin that wants this. And it's like, 
I, I, I hate rich people sometimes. They're not, they're not all bad, but this one is. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. Because if you think about it, it's very hard to explain what, what's going on because um, to people. But I, I, I read something yesterday um, which was explained it very good. It's like um, you've got the you got Russia, and then and then you've got little Ukraine. And then like eight years ago, they I think I think it was eight years ago they 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 split um, into two two separate countries, um, and and then you've got Russia who um, want the land of Ukraine because uh, they think it's rightfully theirs, and um, and then taking that, it, it's almost like. Um, you, like you got Russia's the the, the out of all this we've got um UK friends America friends Germany friends Holland friends I can name all the friends like it, 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 how how to explain it easier so you got the friends and 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 then you've got um you got all the friends and then you got the bully in Russia trying to uh, threaten like the rest saying um if you don't back off um I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a nuke over in your country. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'm, I, I put them on a high alert. And, and, and this is why I say that he possibly could, but really, would he be that silly? Because, I, because I know he is uh, Putin um, on, on the table. He will sit away from the people in his room because he doesn't want to catch COVID. Um, and it, because there has to be more than one person pushing that button to. Well, the thing to, right to, now, to do like, it. with yeah. the whole situation, is like they were saying. Like, from what I read, like, he's being pushed into a corner right now. Like, everybody's against him. Like, even China was like, yeah. oh, shit, he needs to chill. You need to, like, chill. Because, like, you know, it, it it isn't good for them either. And um, so, I mean, I just think about it, like, it could go one of two ways. Like, either he could be like, oh, shit, I should probably stop. Or he's going to, you know, be pushed into this corner. And, I mean, what, what happens, like, when you, like, squeeze a container of compressed gas it explodes and you know putin could either be you know oh i shouldn't do this or he's going to be that uh, compressed it, gas it's so, like in a situation like going back to like the the friend and the buddy like 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 you got uh, like the friend for example um it's gonna get get getting bullied by the friend and the friend's gonna get really annoyed if it keeps going on this long uh hang on a minute I, i've got a friend of uh a, fr- a friend coming at me and then another friend coming at me and another friend and I'm going to think uh, what have I got to lose like um, now I've got all these friends going at me and and then you think because they all ha- he has to get on of, of course he gets on with the people he works with so they all have to make a decision what they're going to do but like, if you do that if you do one on one country that country is going to fight back um, they're not just going to leave that are they so, so for, for example if they do that in one country, they're going to do it in another country, and then it's done to another one, and then Russia go do another one, and then, like as you say, the, the world could be no more. Which is why it's it's a, it's very silly um, what he's doing, and it kind mm-hmm. of needs to stop. And as we're going back to mental health side of things, it is it's very hard, and like being a Crohn's person, but having autism on that on top, and and the coronavirus, we all thought that was bad enough. And still's here. It's still here. Like um, I know some people may forget it is. It, it is here. It's not gone. Um, but but you kind of think in your mind if there's going to be a war, why should we be careful of the pandemic now? If there's yeah. gonna if that's gonna happen. But fingers crossed. 
Um, by the time this goes out, um, this episode, um, this will just Hopefully be... Hopefully it'll be over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let, let's hope so. Yeah. A couple of months down, down the line, when the, the, um, like, I say a couple of months, but as you're speaking to people hearing it now, you'll hear it now. But this, of course, the date we're saying it at the end of February, this is filmed the 28th. Um, the, 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 uh, 28th, 2020. Yeah, so 28th, uh, 2020. It's 2022, not 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm still that far yeah. behind. It was it pretty cool. Yeah. A year, a year to catch up with time. Like, I was stuck in March 2020 for like a solid year. I swear, I swear. I don't know if huh. I was doing one, but it took me so long to actually catch up the date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, um, with with that, um, like, 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 it was actually quite cool because we had on the 22nd of February this year, the 22nd of the 2nd, 22. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Just to, just to finish off, is there anything else you'd like to say? Maybe like a supportive, like, um, like, like a, a message to, to, just to finish, maybe it could be about Crohn's autism or just, just our talk as a whole, if, if, if you can. Hmm. It's been a very interesting talk. Yeah. Talked about lots of things. Um, ooh, anything about them? Um, yeah, I mean, like, if you have Crohn's and autism, like, hit us up. Like, I think me and Mason would both like to hear from you. I'm, I'm on Instagram, like, as Michaela Goldsmith. Um, oof. Um, yeah, and I mean, like, if you have either or any other you know thing like talk about it with people because I mean if we don't talk about these things and normalize them like Mason's doing here on this podcast like how do we be accepted in society like you know all all of us that you know talk about it we all talk about like how we've had like you know these rough like times like with diagnosis or you know just experiences in life being misunderstood and everything but you know mm. when there's more awareness and there's people talking about those things then then uh you know they'll be less misunderstood and maybe you know somebody out there's listening to this and they resonated with some of the symptoms that uh, we've talked about and they'll be like oh maybe i have this and i'll go talk to their doctor and, you know That's if it. you do have symptoms like i said this earlier like if you're sick don't leave it for six months go see go see a doctor like if if you feel like you're struggling in some way physically or mentally like don't leave it for a long time because if if you leave it you don't it could be nothing it could just go away on its own but it could also turn into something that affects you for the rest of your life and you know that that uh that sucks you don't want that and you want to stay as healthy physically and mentally as you can you know even if even if you do have something you can still you can still stay as healthy as possible so yeah 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 and it was that's some i like some really good advice there um okay and i totally agree and just on the final final note from me um today um i I just want to say um like about about the war it is uh it's very like upsetting and distressing um and i think what uh any advice from me is um i'm not going to say don't worry about it because that's a silly thing to say um, we're all worried what could happen but um like with um the news it's it can affect your mental health um watching it and seeing those 
I've seen those scenes on the telly, um, and um, which is why I kind of, for myself, I admit to myself, or maybe before I go to bed, I do um, look at it. Um, maybe because I'm a night owl in the middle of the night for me. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I, I get the notifications on my phone anyway. So it's kind of, I suppose that's a better way if you want the news. If you don't, just switch the telly off because it, it is distressing and like, um, fingers crossed we'll all be okay. Uh, and like, I, I'm, a, I'm a positive person. Um, like I try to make, be like a, 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 that kind of person. Or like as you can people who listen quite often to the podcast uh you see that and like like it's 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 a good way to be and even though um we will like anything like getting like talking earlier getting diagnosed with autism and crohn's you do think the worst you, you think the worst and at the moment we're going to think the worst about what's happening um um but for fingers crossed um doesn't go that far and uh, we'll be fine and in a, in a few months' time, uh, um, it'll be okay, or I hope sooner than a few months' time. But um, these things take time. It, it, it's like a diagnosis. Um, it, they're, they're speaking in a diagnosis way. Um, at the moment, there's been a diagnosis of war between two countries in the world, and that takes time. That takes time to heal. It, it takes yeah. time to... Uh, I think that's a good way of putting it. It takes time to heal from a war. Um, like Crohn's is a war sometimes it takes time yep. um, like like um, Michaela says she's in a flare at the moment but that may take time for her to get in a place where she is more better so it's going to take time and if it does um, if it does get any worse we do get through these things and hopefully uh, um, it doesn't and we don't have another war uh, um, between like, like we are experiencing history at the moment uh, we've, we've experienced history from this ongoing pandemic and we're going to experience history. Uh, we are experiencing history, even though it may not be our country, the country that you're in at the moment. Um, but, yeah. if there, but if there is anyone in Ukraine or the fighting nations at the moment that are there um, listening to this podcast, if you are, I'll just say, um, uh, like, stop. Um like Russia, for example, or just um, the stop fighting's not the way. Uh, if anything, like fighting makes things worse. Um, um, yeah, it, it makes things worse. Um, like we all fight. It, it, there's different concepts of fighting. Like we fight for our crimes every day, uh, but it's not nice. It's not. We wouldn't want to fight. <laughs> we wouldn't want to do that. But um, like. Um, but that's just some thoughts of me. Uh, keep positive. Try and do the daily things you want to do, and um, like like keep safe. Uh, like uh, I hope the ones people in Ukraine um, are keeping safe out there, and I hope everyone. Um, there is a a, re- a good resolution at the end, but um, fingers crossed. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, I, I I I think Makeda will agree with uh, what I've just said. Yeah. Can I just add like one yeah. thing to that that yeah. I was thinking about with the whole like war thing? Like, I don't know. I kind of, I, I, I related to the Crohn's too, but I was kind of thinking about how like, you know, we were talking earlier about like, you know, we don't know when we're going to get sick again with Crohn's. Like it's unpredictable. 
We don't know when we're going to get better when we're sick. We don't know when we're going to get sick when we're better. And we don't know if it's going to be mild or serious, if we're going to need surgery or just medications. Um, but like, you know, when you have those good days, you know, you got to take advantage of them. And I feel like it's, it's the same with, you know, the, the world and, you know, potential for war and war existing. If, if, you know, you're obviously it's not the same if you're in Ukraine, because that's a shitty situation, but you know, if you're in other parts of the world and, you know, you, you have like the fear of, you know, the, the whole idea of nuclear war, world war and everything like that and things spreading just, you know live like that might happen tomorrow yeah because like you, you don't know and even if this wasn't happening right now there's always going to be some sort of a risk i mean did you watch like don't look up yeah on Netflix? yeah i mean like a, a freaking asteroid or comet or something whatever that was could just hit us at any second and we wouldn't even know that it's going to hit us until like a second before or you know there could be chaotic news but there's there's other stuff that could just happen and you can't so, predict it, so it's like just live, live in the now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, I'm I like Doctor Who. For most of you listening, you probably know that quite enough. But um, we always relate that to hobbies and with, with interests. And at this moment in time, we would like a Doctor, like a fictional character like that, just to come alive and save everyone, or, or like a superhero, like from the Avengers, like you got Spider Man. But uh, but yeah, we we like that to happen. But, but yeah, it, it's sad, like hearing the sirens. Like, which hasn't been done since the World War Two, so it's it's the nearest thing since. But uh, a lot of things has changed since then, and like, uh, fingers crossed that it's all going to be okay. Uh, but um, but that, 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 that's kind of nice for me. All relating to Crohn's in today's episode, it's been a really good one. Um, um, I think one of the longest ones I've done, but it's been a really good oh, one. <laughs> Uh, no, it, it's, a, it's a good thing because we spoke about okay. a lot. Uh, we've spoken about autism, we've spoken about mental health, we've spoken about what's going on in the world at the moment, um, Crohn's disease, IBD, uh, coronavirus. Uh, so, yeah, we've had a very, really good range All of topics today. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the type of person that can go on for six hours straight talking and <laughs> yeah. we don't need uh, that. But Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm afraid everything has to uh, come to an end at some point. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, it's been a really good conversation, Michaela, and it's been a joy speaking to you today. Yeah, totally.